I was only 13, and although I did have a way with maps, it was not really because of that skill that I was going, nor was it to see the whole ding-dong country that Graham and Gramps were going. The real reasons were buried beneath piles and piles of unsaid things. Some of the real reasons were, one, Graham and Gramps wanted to see Mama, who was resting peacefully in Lewiston, Idaho. Two, Graham and Gramps knew that I wanted to see Mama, but that I was afraid to. Three, Dad wanted to be alone with the red-headed Margaret Cadaver. He had already seen Mama, and he had not taken me. Also, although this wasn't as important, Dad did not trust Graham and Gramps to behave themselves along the way unless they had me with them. My grandparents' hiddle were my father's parents, full up to the tops of their heads with goodness and sweetness, and mixed in with all that goodness and sweetness was a large dash of peculiarity. This combination made them interesting to know, but you could never predict what they would do or say. Once it was settled that the three of us would go, the journey took on an alarming, expanding need to hurry that was like a walloping great thundercloud assembling around me. During the week before we left, the sound of the wind was, hurry, 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 and at night even the silent darkness whispered, rush, rush, rush. I did not think we would ever leave, and yet I did not want to leave. But I had decided to go, and I would go, and I had to be there by my mother's birthday. This was extremely important. I believed that if there was any chance to bring my mother back home, it would happen on her birthday. If I had said this aloud to my father or to my grandparents, they would have said that I might as well try to catch a fish in the air, so I did not say it aloud. When at last Graham and Gramps Hiddle and I set out that first day of the trip, I prayed for the first thirty minutes solid. I prayed that we would not be in an accident, I was terrified of cars and buses, and that we would get there by my mother's birthday, seven days away, and that we would bring her home. Over and over, I prayed the same thing. I prayed to trees. This was easier than praying directly to God. There was nearly always a tree nearby. As we pulled onto the Ohio Turnpike, Graham interrupted my prayers. Salamanca? I should explain right off that my real name is Salamanca Tree Hiddle. Salamanca, my parents thought, was the name of the Indian tribe to which my great-great-grandmother belonged. My parents were mistaken. The name of the tribe was Seneca, but since my parents did not discover their error until after I was born, and they were by then used to my name, it remained Salamanca. My middle name, Tree, comes from your basic tree, a thing of such beauty to my mother that she made it part of my name. My mother used to call me Salamanca, but after she left, only my grandparents Hiddle called me Salamanca. To most other people, I was Sal. In the car, as we started our long journey to Lewiston, Idaho, my grandmother Hiddle said, Salamanca, why don't you entertain us? Gramps said, how about a story? Spin us a yarn. Instantly, Phoebe Winterbottom came to mind. I could tell you an extensively strange story, I warned. Oh, good, Graham said, delicious. And that is how I happened to suspend my tree prayers and tell them about Phoebe Winterbottom, her disappearing mother, and the lunatic. Because I first saw Phoebe on the day my father and I moved to Euclid, I began my story of Phoebe with the visit to the red-headed Margaret Cadavers, where I also met Mrs. Partridge, her elderly mother. Margaret nearly fell over herself being nice to me. I wouldn't sit down, and I wouldn't look at Margaret. As we were leaving, Margaret whispered to my father, John, have you told her yet how we met? 
My father looked uncomfortable. I tried, but she doesn't want to know. When at last we left Mrs. Cadaver and Mrs. Partridge, we drove for approximately three minutes. Two blocks from Margaret Cadaver's was the place where my father and I were now going to live. Tiny squirt trees, little birdhouses in a row, and one of those birdhouses was ours. No swimming hole, no barn, no cows, no chickens, no pigs. Instead, a little white house with a miniature patch of green grass in front of it. Let's take a tour, my father said rather too heartily. We walked through the tiny living room into the miniature kitchen and upstairs into my father's pint-sized bedroom and on into my pocket-sized bedroom and into the wee bathroom. I looked out the upstairs window down into the backyard. Half of the tiny yard was a cement patio and the other half was another patch of grass that a cow would devour in two bites. Three days later, I...